0: Percy Jackson and the Olympians, Book 1, The Lightning Teeth by Rick Riordan. Chapter 1, I accidentally vaporized my pre-algebra teacher. Look, I didn't want to be a half-blood. If you're reading this because you think you might be one, my advice is close this book right now. Believe whatever lie your mom or dad told you about their birth and try to lead a normal life. Being a haplette is dangerous, it's scary. Most of the time it gets you killed in painful, nasty ways. If you're a normal kid reading this because you think it's fiction, great, read on. I envy you for being able to believe that none of this ever happened. But if you recognize yourself in these pages, if you feel something stirring inside, stop reading immediately. You might be one of us, and once you know that, it's only a matter of time before they send it to you, and they'll come for you. Don't say I didn't warn you. My name is Percy Jackson. I'm 12 years old. Until a few months ago, I was a boarding student at Yancey Academy, a private school for troubled kids in upstate New York. Am I a troubled kid? Yeah, you could say that. I could start at any point in my short, miserable life. to prove it. But things really started going bad last May when our sixth grade class took a field trip to Manhattan. 28 Mendel case kids and two teachers on a yellow school bus heading to the Metropolitan Museum of Art to look at ancient Greek and Roman stuff. I know it sounds like torture. Most anti field trips were, but Mr. Runner, a land teacher, was leading this trip, so I had hopes. Mr. Runner was this middle aged guy in a motorized wheelchair. He had thinning hair and a scruffy beard, and a frayed tweed jacket, which always smelled like coffee. You wouldn't think he'd be cool but he told stories and jokes and let us play games in class. He also had this awesome collection of Roman armor and weapons so he was the only teacher whose class didn't put me to sleep. I hope the trip would be okay at least. I hope that for once I wouldn't get in trouble. Boy was I wrong. See bad things happened to me on field trips like at my fifth grade school when we went to the Saratoga battlefield. I had his Accident with a revolutionary war cannon. I wasn't aiming for the school bus, but of course I got expelled anyway. And before that, I'm in mean fourth grade school when we took a behind-the-scenes tour of the Marine World shark pool. I sort of hit the wrong lever in the catwalk, and our class took an unplanned swim. At a time before that, well, you get the idea. This trip, I was determined to be good. All the way into the city, I put up with Nancy Bobofeet, the freckly red-headed kleptomaniac girl, hitting my best friend Grover in the back of the head with chunks of peanut butter and ketchup sandwich. Grover was an easy target. He was scrawny. He cried when he got frustrated. He must have been held back several grades because he was the only sixth grader with acne and the start of a wispy beard on his chin. On top of that, he was crippled had a note excusing him from p.e. for the rest of his life because he had some kind of muscular disease in his legs he walked funny like every step hurt him but don't let that fool you you should have seen him run when it was enchilada day at the cafeteria anyway nancy bubba was throwing lots of sandwich that stuck in his curly brown hair and she knew i couldn't do anything back to her because i was already in probation the headmaster tricked me with debt, by in school suspension, if anything bad, embarrassing, or even mildly entertaining happened on this trip. I'm going to kill her, I mumbled. Grover tried to calm me down. It's okay, I like peanut butter. He dodged another piece of Nancy's lunch. That's it. I started to get up, but Grover pulled me back to my seat. You're already in probation, he reminded me. You know who get blamed if anything happens. Looking on back at it, I wish i decked Nancy Nancy Boba Fett. Right then and there, in school suspension, would have been nothing compared to the mess I was about to get myself into. Mr. Bruner led the museum tour. He rode up in front of his wheelchair, guiding us through the big echoey galleries, past malleable statues, and glass cases full of really old black and orange pottery. It blew my mind that this stuff had survived for 2,000, 3,000 years. He gathered us around a 13-foot tall stone column with a big sphinx on top and started telling us how it is a grave marker a steel for a girl about her age. He told us about the carvings on the sides. I was trying to listen to what he had to say because it was kind of interesting. But everybody around me was talking and every time I told him to shut up. Daughter chaperone teacher Mrs. Dodds would give me the evil eye. Mrs. Dodds was this little mad teacher from Georgia who always wore a black leather jacket. Even though she was 50 years old. She looked mean enough to ride a Harley right into her locker. She had come to Yancey halfway through the year, when her last math teacher had a nervous breakdown. From her first day, Mrs. Dodds loved Nancy Boba Fett and figured I was Devil's Bond. She would point her crooked finger at me and say, "Now, honey, real sweet, and I knew I was going to get after-school detention for a month. One time, after she made me erase answers out of old math workbooks until midnight, I told Grover I did Think Mrs. Stutz was human. She looked at me real serious and said, you're absolutely right. Mr. Brunner kept talking about Greek funeral art. Finally, Nancy Bubbafit snickered something about the naked guy in the steel. And I turned around and said, will you shut up? It came out louder than they mentioned to. The whole group laughed. Mr. Brunner stopped his story. Mr. Jackson, he said, did you have any comment? My face was totally red. I said, no, sir. Mr. Brunner pointed to one of the pictures on the steel. Perhaps you will tell me what this picture represents? I looked at the carving and felt a flush of relief because I actually recognized it. That's Kronos, eating his kids, right? Yes, Mr. Brunner said, obviously not satisfied. And he did this because, well, I racked my brain to remember. Kronos was the king god and... God? Mr. Brunner asked. Titan, I corrected myself, and he didn't trust his kids who were the gods, so, um, Cronus ate them, right? But his wife hid baby Zeus and gave Cronus a rock to eat instead, and later, when Zeus grew up, he tricked his dad, Cronos, into barfing up his brothers and sisters. Ew! Said one of the girls behind me, and so there was this big fight between the gods and the Titans, I continued, and the gods won. Some, Some stickers from the group. Behind me, Nancy Bubbafitz mumbled to a friend, "Like well, we're going to use this in real life? Like it's going to say in our job applications?" Please explain why Chronos ate his kids, and why Mr. Jackson Bruner said to paraphrase Miss Bubbafitz's excellent question. Does this matter in real life? Busted, Grover muttered. Shut up, Nancy hissed. Her face even brighter red than her hair. At least Nancy got packed, too. Mr. Brunner was the only one who ever caught her saying anything wrong. He had raider ears. I thought about this question and struck, I don't know, sir. I see. Mr. Brunner looked disappointed. Well, half-credit, Mr. Jackson, this did indeed feed Prunus a mystery of mustard and wine, which made him disgorge his other five children, who, of course, being immortal gods, had been living and growing up completely undigested in a tightened stomach. The gods defeated their father, sliced him to pieces with his own scythe, and scattered his remains in their towers, the darkest part of the underworld. On that happy note, it's time for lunch. Mrs. Dodds, will you lead us back outside? The class drifted off, the girls holding their stomachs, the guys pushing each other around, and acting like two Grover and I were about to follow when Mr. Brunner said, Mr. Jackson, I knew that it was coming. I told Grover to keep going. Then he turned to Mr. Brunner, Sir, Mr. Brunner has a look that wouldn't let you go, intense brown eyes that could have been a thousand years old and had seen everything. You must learn the answer to my question, Mr. Brunner told me, about the Titans, about real life and how your studies apply to it. Oh, what do you learn from me? He said, it's vitally important. I expect you to treat it as such. I will accept only the best from me, Percy Jackson. I wanted to get angry. This guy pushed me so hard. I made sure it was kind of cool in tournament days so when he dressed up in a suit of Roman armor and shouted, whoa, and challenges. Sword point against Chuck. So I ran to the board and named every Greek and Roman person who had ever lived and their mother and what God they worship. But Mr. Brunner expected me to be to be as good as everybody else, despite the fact that I had dyslexia and attention to the fake disorder and that I have never made it above a sea in my life. No, he didn't expect me to be as good, he expected me to be better. And I just couldn't learn all those names and facts, much less spell them correctly. I mumbled something about trying harder, while well, Mr. Brunner took one sad look at the steel like it'd been at this girl's funeral. He told me to go outside and eat my lunch. The class gathered on the front steps of, of the museum, where we could watch the traffic along Fifth Avenue. Overhead, a huge storm was brewing, with clouds blacker than I'd ever seen over the city. I figured maybe it was clover warming or something, because the weather always across New York state had been weird since Christmas. We'd had massive storms, storms, flooding wildfire fires from lightning strikes. I couldn't have been surprised if this was a hurricane blowing in. Nobody else seemed to notice. Some of the guys were belting pigeons with lunch crackers. Nancy Bubba was trying to pickpocket something from the ladies' purse. And of course, Mrs. Dodds wasn't seeing a thing. Grover and I sat on the edge of the fountain, away from the others. We thought that maybe if we did that, everybody wouldn't know we were from that school. The school for loser freaks who couldn't make it elsewhere. Detention? Grover said. asked. Nah, I said, not from Brunner. I wish he'd lay off me sometimes. I mean, I'm not a genius. Grover didn't say anything for a while. Then, when I thought he was going to give me some deep philosophical comment, like make me feel better, he said, can you have your apple? I didn't have much of an appetite, so let him take it. I watched as a stream of cabs going down Fifth Avenue, and I thought about my mom's apartment—only little ways uptown for where I was at. I didn't see her since Christmas. I wanted so bad to jam in a taxi and head home. She'd hug me and be glad to see me, but she'd be disappointed too. She'd send me the ride right back into Yancy and remind me that I had to try harder, even if. This was my sixth school in six years, and I was probably going to be kicked out again. I would be able to stand the sad look she gave me. Mr. Brunner parked his wheelchair at the base of the handicap rack. He ate celery while he read paperback novel. A red umbrella stuck up from the back of his chair, making it look like a motorized cafe table. I was about to unwrap my sandwich when Nancy Boba Fett appeared in front of me with her ugly friend. I guess she'd gotten tired of stealing from the tourists and dumped her app eaten lunch in Grover's lap. Oops! He grinned at me with her crooked teeth. Her freckles were orange. as if somebody had spray-painted her with face with liquid churros, cheetos. I tried to stay cool. The school counselor told me a million times, count to ten, get control of your temper. But I was so mad my mind went blank. A wave roared in my ears. I hadn't remember touching her, but the next thing I knew, Nancy was sitting on her butt in the fountain, screaming, Percy, push me! Mrs. Daz materialized next to us. Some of the other kids were whispering, Did you see the water? Like it grabbed her. I didn't know what they were talking about. All I knew that was that I was in trouble again. As soon as Mrs. Dodds was sure poor little Nancy was okay, promising to get her a new shirt at a museum gift shop EDC, EDC, Mrs. Dodds turned on me. There was a trumpet fire in her eyes, as if I'd done something that she'd been waiting for all semester. Now, honey, I know, I grumbled, I'm not erasing workbooks, but... that wasn't right, did to say. Come with me, Mrs. Dodds said. Wait. Grover yelled, It was me! I pushed her! I stared at him, stunned. I couldn't believe he was trying to cover for me. Mrs. Dodd scared Grover to death. She glared at him so hard his whiskery, trimmed chin trembled. I don't think so, Mr. Underwood, she said. But you will stay here. Grover looked at me desperately. It's okay, man, I told him. Thanks for trying. Honey! Mrs. Dodd barking. Now! Nancy Buffett snickered. I gave her my the loose, I'll kill you layers" stare. Then I turned to face Mrs. Dodds, but she wasn't there. She was standing at museum entrance, way at the top of the steps, gesturing impatiently for me to come on. How did she get there so fast? I have moments like that a lot, when my brain falls asleep or something, and the next thing I know, I miss something, as if a puzzle piece fall out of the universe and left me staring at the blank place behind it. The school counselor told me this was part of the HAD. My brain misinterpreting er, things. I wasn't so sure. I went after Mrs. Todd. Halfway up the steps, I glanced back at Grover. He was looking pale, cutting his eyes between me and Mr. Brunner. Like he wanted Mr. Brunner to notice what was going on. But Mr. Brunner was absorbed in his novel. I looked back up. Mrs. Dodd had disappeared again. She was now inside a building at the end of the entrance hall. Okay, I thought. She's going to make me buy a new shirt for Nancy at the gift shop. But apparently, that wasn't the plan. I followed her deeper into the museum. When I finally caught up to her, we were back in the Greek and Roman section. Except for us, the gallery was empty. Mrs. Todd stood with her arms crossed in front of a big marble frieze. Of the greek gods she was making this weird noise in her throat like growling even without the noise i would have been nervous it's weird being alone in the future especially mrs Dodds. something about the way she looked at me free at the freeze as if she wanted to pulverize it you've been giving us problems honey she said i did the same thing i said yes ma'am she tugged on the cuffs of her leather jacket did you really think you would get away with it The look in her eyes was beyond mad. It was evil. She's a teacher, I thought nervously. I thought she's going to hurt me. I said, I'll try harder, ma'am. Tunner shook the building. We are not fools, Percy Jackson, Mrs. Dodd said. It's only a matter of time before we found you out. Confess, and you will suffer less pain. I didn't know what she was talking about. All I could think was that teachers must have found the illegal stash of candy I'd been selling out in my dorm room. Or maybe they realized I got my essay on Tom Sawyer from the internet without ever reading the book, and now they were going to take away my grade, or worse, they were going to make me read the book. Well, she demanded. Ma'am, I don't... Your time is up, she hissed. Then the weirdest thing happened. Her eyes began to go like barbecue coals. Her fingers stretched. Turning into talons, her jacket melted into large leathery wings. She wasn't human. She shrived a hag with bat wings and claws of a mouth full of yellow fangs. And she was about to slice me into ribbons. Then things got even stranger. Mr. Brunner, who'd been out in the front museum a minute before, wheeled his chair into the doorway of the gallery, holding a pen in his hands. What ho, parsey! he shouted and tossed a pen through the air. Mrs. Dodds lunged at me. With a yelp, I dodged and felt Talon slash her air next to my ear. I snatched a ballpoint pen out of the air. But when it hit my hand, it wasn't a pen anymore. It was a sword. Mr. Brunner's bar bronze sword, which he always used on tournament days. Mr. Dodds spun toward me with a murderous look in her eyes. My knees were jelly. My hands were shaking so bad I almost dropped the sword. She sniped honey and she flew straight at me absolute terror ran through my body i did the only thing that came naturally i swung the sword the metal blade hit her shoulder and passed clean through her body as she were made of water mrs dodds was a sand castle in a power fan she exploded into yellow powder vaporized in a spot leaving nothing but a smell of sulfur and a dying screech and a chill of evil in the air as if those two glowing red eyes were still watching me. I was alone. There was a point pen in my hand. Mr. Brunner wasn't there. Nobody was there but me. My hands were still trembling. My lunch must have been contained in magic mushrooms or something. Had I imagined the whole thing, I went back outside. It had started to rain. Grover was sitting by the fountain. A museum map tented over his head. Nancy Boba was still standing there, soaked from her swim in the fountain, grumbling to her ugly friends. When she saw me, she said, I hope Mrs. Kerr whipped you in the butt. I said, Who? Our teacher? Duh! I blinked. We had no teacher mis- named Mrs. Kerr. I asked Nancy what she was talking about. She just rolled her eyes and turned away. I asked Grover where Mrs. Dodds was. He said, Who? Buddy Frost as, and he would look at me. So I thought he was messing with me. Not Fanny Man told him. This is serious. Thunder boomed overhead. I saw Mr. Brunner sitting under his red umbrella, reading his book as he'd never moved. I went over him. He looked up a little distracted. Ah, that would be my pen. Please bring your own writing utensil in the future, Mrs. Jackson. I handed Mr. Brunner his pen. I hadn't even realized I was still holding it. Sir, I, said, I asked. Where's Mrs. Dodds? He stared at me blankly. Who? The other chaperone, Mrs. Dodds, the pre-algebra teacher. He frowned and sat forward, looking mildly concerned. Percy, there's no Mrs. Dodds on this trip. As far as I know, there has never been a Mrs. Dodds at the Anthony Academy. Are you feeling all right? And that's the end of chapter one. Please stay tuned and listen to the next chapter, chapter 2.